Who is my early pick for next year's Rookie of the Year? Plus, how about a few sleepers? I'll talk about all that coming up next on the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome aboard. I appreciate everyone for joining. My name is Sam Ferris. You can follow me on Twitter at Draft Dummies. I am a credentialed NBA draft analyst, and I appreciate you guys making this your first listen today. Hopefully that's the case every day. And as I hinted at in the intro, I thought, you know, it's kind of off season right now. What would be a fun topic to hit on? And so I wanted to get my early rookie of the year predictions out there. I'm going to talk about first my pick for who I think is going to win the award. And then in the final two segments, I will give my two best value picks after the guy that I think is going to win. So kind of two sleepers slash best values, as well as my pick for the rookie of the year. Still early. We still got to get through training camp and kind of figure out how the rotations are going to play out. But if you get in early, you can find good value. And I think there's a couple of good values here to be had. So let's get into it straight into uh, the topic today. And the guy that I am picking to win the award, he's my early pick. I've said it uh, a few weeks ago is that I think Chet Holmgren is going to win the award. And I think he might actually win the award fairly easily. Um, And the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to give you the odds that I'm seeing currently for these guys. And I think a fun way of doing this, I'm going to kind of predict their stats as well. But also the fun part here is I'm going to give, you know, if these guys each were to win, what would the narrative be in that case? So with Chet Holmgren, he's listed uh, to win the award rookie of the year right now at plus 375. So pretty decent value there, in my opinion, obviously, if I think he is my pick to win the award. And what would the narrative be? The narrative would be this. Oklahoma City was a top 12 defense for the majority of the year last year before they kind of went ultra tank mode like they do towards the end of the season. So the narrative would be OKC finishes the entire year as like a top 12, maybe even top 10 defense in the NBA. And Chet leads the NBA in blocked shots. And he kind of gets the credit for spearheading a top 12, maybe top 10 defense in the NBA. That would be kind of the narrative, the pitch for him. And then he, he'll he average somewhere in the 13 to 15 point per game average. Again, he's in a good situation. He's going to play a ton of minutes. He's going to start. He's jo- He's got Josh Giddy, SGA feeding him offensively. So I think he's going to get his points. A couple threes a game, a couple dunks and finishes around the rim. But the defense is the narrative point for me where he can separate himself from the other rookies. 
similar to what we saw with Evan Mobley last year. And if you remember, I've said to me, Evan Mobley should have won the award last year. His defense as a rookie was probably the best we've seen since Tim Duncan. And I think it'll be a similar narrative this year. I'll also add, there's a decent chance. I think Chet is going to be, you know, as good as Scotty Barnes was last year. But I think there is certainly still a chance that the bar for rookie of the year and just the rookies in general this year might be a little lower than last year. That last year's class is likely going to be better. Uh, so I think that's worth mentioning. And then just getting into the numbers and the thoughts behind that, Chet led summer league in stocks, uh, steals plus blocks, 4.4 per game in 27 minutes is awesome. If you look at the guy who led the NBA in stocks last year, it was Jaron Jackson at 3.2 stocks in 27 minutes. So Chet beat that easily. And, you know, what I've been thinking as I've watched Chet, watched him in summer league is that, you know, he he's obviously a high draft pick. He's got that skinny profile, but he's also known as a shot blocker. And so, and because he's also very self-confident, kind of all those things combined, he does like have a target on him where guys are going to try to dunk on him. It happened a ton at Summer League where guys would go at him and go at him and go at him. Now, I think NBA players are smarter, but I still think he's obviously got awesome instincts and awareness. He's a great shot blocker, a very, very good shot blocker for a prospect. And I just think guys are going to tr- gonna see him, see that physique, see uh, his you know cockiness, to be honest. And they're going to try him because people are going to want to dunk on him, put him on posters. And so you add that fact on top of the fact that he's already a great shot blocking prospect. And... I think there's a chance that he could lead the NBA in block shots. I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibilities. So that would basically be the narrative. And then again, 13 to 15 points per game. He's in a great spot. Now, is there a chance that OKC sits him down at some point, rests him for a decent amount of time? Yes, there is. But I think there's a greater chance that OKC rest some older guys, whether it be a Dort, SGA. I don't see them really resting Giddy and Chet quite as much because if you're going to win, you might as well win with the young guys. Like if they're the ones with the impetus pushing you to wins, like don't take those guys out. And I think this coming year is probably the last year that OKC can tank before they get too much flack for it. So anyway, Chet is my pick. I think he could elevate them to a top 10 to 12 defense. And if they do, he's going to get that narrative, get that credit. That's going to be the narrative that's going to be pushed out by the media, in my opinion. You know, if he were to win, that's what I see as kind of the narrative. And I think he's the best player in the class. I had him as the number one prospect. He's going to a good situation. He's going to start at center, get a ton of minutes. And so that to me is my pick. Again, you can find him right now. I just looked at a few different spots. There's obviously different value depending on whatever website you look at. Still very early. Maybe you want to wait. Maybe you want to get in early and find some value. I found him at plus 375. Like 
I would put down a few dollars on that, obviously, since I think he's going to win. But we've got two more guys to get to that are maybe as interesting or even more so because they're kind of a little bit longer shots or at least the best values on the board, in my opinion, outside of Chet Holmgren. So we're going to get to the first guy who is Benedict Matherin coming up after the break. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports, wagering info, and more. They have you covered. So head to BetOnline today. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, so the next guy that I wanted to bring up who is kind of my first value slash long shot, I think he's, depending on where you look, (laughs) sixth or seventh in terms of best odds. I find him at plus 800 when I'm looking right now. That's Benedict Matherin. Out of the University of Arizona, he's a shooting guard, 6'6", got drafted to the Indiana Pacers. Again, Benedict Matherin, I'm seeing him at plus 800. In the first segment, I talked Chet Holmgren by way of Gonzaga, going to be playing for the Thunder. I saw him at plus 375. But Benedict Matherin here, plus 800. So what would the narrative be? Maybe this is a hot take, but how hot of a take would it be if he ends up leading the Indiana Pacers in scoring, in points per game? Now, I, I kind of thought that um, that Tyrese Halliburton scored a few more points per game last year than he actually did. Now, he, he averaged more points when he went over to Indiana, I think like 17 points per game, where it was, it was like 14 or 13 in, in Sacramento, I believe. I think he was right around 15 in total, if you look at the total points per game for Halliburton last season, right at 15. So a little lower than I thought. And like, how crazy would it be if Matherin averaged 16 or 17? Now, this is like a higher end outcome, obviously. He's kind of a long shot pick. He's listed at plus 800. I like the value. And again, the narrative would be that he straight up leads the Indiana Pacers in scoring. This award, the Rookie of the Year, similar to Sixth Man of the Year, and even most improved to an extent, is a stats-based, points-based award. So if he averages 17, 15 to 17 points per game, is the Pacers leading score by chance? Is there a possibility? And then he's like a top three rookie in scoring. You know, if he averages 17, he could be leading the rookies in scoring as well. To me, Benedict Matherin, though, had the most underrated underappreciated summer league performance the efficiency was there um it was just very apparent how confident he was in his jumper that's something we knew about him coming in so that all looked really good summer league was awesome i liked him as a prospect coming in he's also in a good situation so he he checks all the boxes you're looking for in terms of talent level readiness and then opportunity to 
put up usage, put up shots. He's going to Indiana. He's going to be in the backcourt with Halliburton. And I'm kind of baking in with this. I think that either like Heald or Miles Turner, I would bet on one of the two not being there for the entirety of next season. Maybe even both are traded. And so, especially if Heald leaves, take a few more shots off the board and give them to Matherin next year. Especially the Pacers are kind of loaded up on shooting guard types-ish right now with Matherin, with Duarte last year, with Buddy Heald. So obviously Halliburton's the main guy, but you know, he's such a great passer. He he does defer. And so I'm not worried too much about him. It's more guys like Heald and Turner that if one of those guys gets moved, then all of a sudden there's a real path to shots, to usage, to as many minutes as Matherin can really take on. And of course, let's be honest, the Pacers are not going to be threatening to be a really good team next year. They're not going to be competing. I'd be shocked if they made the playoffs. To me, it's more likely that they're in the tankathon race at the end for Scoot, for Wimbon Yama. Um, they're going to be one of the two or three worst teams in the Eastern Conference. So that all lines up for Matherin to get the opportunity. He's not going to have a short lease. He's going to put up shots. Could he average 15 to 17 points per game? Could he have that narrative? I really think so. Again, I had him rank sixth or seventh coming in as a pre-draft guy. That's where he went. And look, also one of the things that you have to talk about with him as a prospect is his mentality, is the confidence. So I'm really not worried about him walking in and being afraid or having a really long adjustment period. I think he's going to be ready to go. He's going to be guns blazing early on, getting up shots. Now, it takes all rookies time to adjust, but I'm not overly worried about Benedict Matherin. So, again, him at plus 800, you'll find him like 6th, 7th, maybe even 8th in terms of the ranking of odds for Rookie of the Year. And to me, outside of Chet, that value is really, really good. So, again, the narrative would be the points – the production for a bad team, maybe even lead them in scoring. That's kind of my hot take, my narrative that, you know, if the long shot hits, that's how it's going to happen. And I'm really excited to see him next year. All right, coming up next after the break will be the final guy that I want to hit on. Um, Depending on the site, you can find him at better or worse odds, but very similar to Matherin. Um, I, I would probably bet on the next guy, that being Keegan Murray, even over Benedict Matherin. So coming up after this break, I'm going to make the pitch for Keegan Murray to be a potential Rookie of the Year candidate next year in the NBA. All right, let's get back into it. We're going to quickly revisit the two guys to summarize that I've hit on. My pick for Rookie of the Year next year is Chet Holmgren. You can find him at about plus 375 odds for Oklahoma City. The narrative there would be Chet is a very good defender. He actually, in my opinion, could lead the NBA in blocks next year. So if OKC finishes with the top 10 to 12 defense, I think he gets that credit. He rides that to Rookie of the Year award. Benedict Matherin at plus 800 by way of Arizona. The narrative would be 
he leads the Pacers in scoring, or at least he's a close second behind Halliburton. And he's a top two rookie, if not leading all rookies in scoring at 15 to 17 points per game-ish. You can find him at plus 800 odds. All right, but the final guy, I think I like him in the rookie of the year, probably even better than Benedict Matherin, is Keegan Murray. He was all summer league everything. He was the summer league MVP, and he was the number four overall pick. So he kind of already has a little bit of the narrative train going. Now that's all going to pretty much die out, right, by the time the NBA regular season starts. But still, it's hard to not pay attention to how good he looked in summer league. And he's an older prospect. He's going to be 22 when the regular season starts. So again, the three things we want to talk about and look at for rookie of the year is opportunity, is talent level, and then readiness to contribute right away. I think Keegan Murray hits on all those things. Look, they drafted him fourth. He's looked great in summer league. They're not bringing him in to play 15 minutes per game. He's going to play a lot of minutes. And so what would the narrative be, in my opinion? To me, I see the narrative being he wins the award if the Kings are finally decent enough where they're not maybe in the playoffs, but they're in the play-in game. And that's that would be big news for the Kings. That would be a headline. And... In that case, Keegan Murray is their ends up being their third best player after Sabonis and after De'Aaron Fox. There's other guys you could throw in there, whether it's Barnes, Kevin Herter. But in the case that, you know, he being Keegan Murray wins in a long shot award winner for rookie of the year. I think that would be the narrative. He's their third best player. The Kings surprise. They make the play in game. Again, we're talking about plus 1000 odds. So. Nothing crazy here. Again, he was the Summer League MVP. The hype train is already going. And even if you don't buy into him, he's kind of been, um, like, divisive. Uh, there, there have been people like me who said that Jaden Ivey should have been the pick. And so whether you really like him at that pick or not there's there's already been a lot of talk around Keegan Murray and so if he can bring a little more discussion notoriety debate around a Kings team that's kind of been around the fringes of the NBA for a while you know that'll be interesting and that will help his case as well and just talking about the stats that he could put up next year I I would say you know, if you were to win the award, I'd see him averaging 15 points and maybe five rebounds per game. Again, the thing with him that I love so much is the opportunistic scoring within the flow of the offense where you don't need to run plays for him. He doesn't need to hold the ball for a long time. He doesn't need to be running pick and roll, nothing like that. He, he'll he just score off cuts. He'll score off quick catch, one, two, pull up. He'll, he'll score running off a screen shooting. And again, transitioning from that to the movement shooting, that was what really stood out in Summer League, was the ability to catch and shoot off of movement. To me, that is the path to his ceiling, to his upside, is the movement shooting to go along with the opportunistic scoring at, you know, 6-8. That is a very kind of unique and fun package that probably wasn't talked about pre-draft enough as being his path to upside, to really returning 
top five value in the draft. And I think that is reasonable. 15 points, five rebounds. And I was kind of, I'll finish up talking about this, is I was looking at the history of the award. And Scotty Barnes last year, LaMelo, Jaw, Luca, Simmons, Brogdon. So we go back six years to Malcolm Brogdon. Probably the weakest season in recent history to win the award. He only averaged 10 points, 2.8 rebounds, 4.2 assists. Now he was efficient, but he did it for a decent team in Milwaukee. And so the Kings are not going to be that good of a team. But if you combine the team exceeding expectations where they end up making the play in and maybe it's a weaker field this year by chance that's kind of the case for some of these guys is they need to see a weaker field so maybe it's like a slightly better version of the Malcolm Brogdon award from uh six seven years ago now again Brogdon was very efficient that year shot 46 percent 40 and so slash 46, 40, 87% and was just a good role player, ready-made, an older prospect. So that would be kind of the case similar to Keegan Murray. Now, I think he'll put up more than 10 points and three rebounds. He'll put up, if he wins, he'll have to put up in the 15-point-per-game range with like five rebounds. And if the Kings do exceed expectations, like I'm kind of baking in here, that would be the case. So hopefully you guys are watching on YouTube. Let me know your thoughts. Do you agree with me that Chet should be the front runner? He's my pick. He's not everyone's pick. I certainly can see the case for Paolo. That's pretty obvious. Like to me, if I were actually ranking, I'm pulling up the list in order. So it goes Paolo, Chet. Well, I want to look at a few different ones. I've got another one pulled open. Paolo, Chet, Jaden, Ivy, Jabari Smith, Keegan, Matherin. That's the order on this one. The other one that I looked at had Keegan Murray higher, but I'll go with this one to look Keegan Murray, make Keegan Murray look like a little bit more of a long shot. So Keegan Murray here is sixth, Matherin seventh, Chet Holmgren second. Like Jaden, Ivy, I love as a prospect and Jabari Smith too, but I don't think those guys are good value to go out and put up enough numbers to win rookie of the year. So I could certainly see Paolo. I would have him ranked second in terms of my rookie of the year projections behind Chet. And then honestly, I probably would have Keegan Murray third and Mather in fourth. And then probably Ivy fifth after that, I'd have to think. And I'll give you one other just quick long shot before I finish up. I'm not going to get too in-depth into this one, but as I was scanning the list... Jeremy Sohan is at plus 5,500 I'm seeing right here. He's listed, I think, like 15th or 16th on the odds. The Spurs are going to tank. They're going to be one of the three worst teams in the NBA next year. They just drafted him in the top 10. So he's got the usage. He's going to get the minutes and the shots right away for a bad team. He will have a long leash. So if you're looking for an ultra long shot, I think that Jeremy Sohan would be your best bet, but it's very rare that an ultra long shot wins the award. So I like the I like the value of Chet. I like the value of Keegan Murray. I like the value of Matherin. But if you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and leave the comment of 
who do you like kind of as your sleeper or best value as an early look? I know it's still early, but we got to talk about something in the offseason, right? So who is your value pick for rookie of the year? Who is your favorite? Do you take Paolo? Do you agree with me and take Chet? What about Keegan? Where are you guys on Matherin as well? I love to hear from all you guys. Feel free to comment on the YouTube video to reach out to me and DM me. I'm always happy to talk hoops. You can follow me at Draft Dummies. Again, my name is Sam Ferris. Thank you for making this your first listen today. Hopefully you at least agreed with some of my takes, but if not, it's all projections. It's all opinion at this point. That's kind of the fun of it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've had a great talking hoop. I've had a great time talking hoops. I hope you guys have as well. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for tuning in.